This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Credit Counselors. If you're struggling with credit card debt but don't know where to start, our trusted partner, Christian Credit Counselors, offers a debt management program that can get you out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. Contact them to get out of debt today at ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Being in debt isn't good at any age, but it's especially difficult for folks in or nearing retirement. Hi, I'm Rob West. It's a disturbing trend, growing indebtedness among our nation's senior citizens. So what are the causes and is there a solution? I'll talk about that with Brandon Sieben today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, it's great to have my friend Brandon Sieben with us again today. Brandon is president and CEO of Compass Finances God's Way, and Brandon, great to have you back. Thanks for having me, Rob. So encouraged to be here. Well, we always look forward to our time together, and I know, Brandon, you've been keeping an eye on this disturbing trend that's growing debt for folks even beyond retirement age. Give us a snapshot. How bad is it? Well, it's bad, Rob. According to the Federal Reserve Bank, over the past 20 years, debt levels for those in their 60s has risen by over 400%, and for those in their 70s, that, that grew by over 5 hundred percent. It's a big problem. And when we talk to folks nearing or in retirement of all the issues they're dealing with relative to finances, that's the biggest. Yeah. Uh, What kind of debt are we talking about here? It's a bit all over the board, but the top three we see are credit card debt and oftentimes Mm -hmm. multiple credit cards, car loans and home equity loans. Mm. And Brandon, what do you see as the cause for this increasing debt for these folks? Well, I'd say there's not one thing, but really a combination of factors. First, many times there's a spending problem, meaning retirees are spending like they were before retirement, but now without the income to cover the spend, so they borrow the difference. Second, a lot of folks just aren't aware of the cost of debt and how the math works. For example, you know, these days a credit card could be charging 20% interest or a home equity loan could be as high as 10 to 12 and people just really aren't aware of the of the cost there. A third, you know, a lot of people are conditioned to think that's okay. You know, no big deal. I mean, right. for example, I bet if you talk to nine or ten retirees, ten retirees, nine would tell you, "I've always had a car payment." It's just kind of what we're always conditioned to do, have been. And fourth, maybe life happened. You know, maybe there's a medical emergency, or they need help to get kids out of of trouble. And and the next thing you know, they're on the ropes. They were already living on the edge, no emergency fund, and now they have to borrow to get out of the jam they're in. Mm, Yeah, I certainly understand that. So how do you counsel folks nearing retirement age or even beyond who have debt? Where where do they need to go from here? Well, first we tell them there are no shortcuts. You know, it's going to be hard, like going on a diet, going to be some pain before the gain. Then we point them to God's Word first for encouragement. You know, God's pretty clear we should avoid debt. You can see that in Romans thirteen eight or Proverbs twenty two seven. Even Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, we can't serve God and money. got to choose. And so when we're in a mountain of debt, the best first step is to get on our knees and ask God for help. And, uh, and it's good. When you get debt-free, it glorifies God. 
practically speaking, we find there's usually 500 to 700 a month of retiree spend that can be cut pretty quickly. Mm. It's hard, but some areas include cutting back on travel, going out to eat less or not at all, canceling some or all of the home tech, like cable, or even cutting out some of those day-to-day creature comforts, like getting manicures, pedicures, or the trips to Starbucks. And then lastly, and financially speaking, we encourage people to understand the math and make the best financial decision. For example, you know, if I have investments and they were 100% in the S&P from 2000 to 2022, they would have grown 6.5% per year, right? Mm, And if I carry a $10,000 balance on a credit card, I might be paying 18% interest on that balance. 18% is nearly three times the cost of what I could have gained on the 6.5%. So in this case, the best financial decision well, spiritual decision is to liquidate the investment and pay off the debt. Yeah, that's so good. And obviously, one of the big downsides here, Brandon, is that in this season of life, when you have the most wisdom and experience to bring in the Lord's service, often debt holds you back from following the leading of the Lord, doesn't it? It sure does. No doubt about it. Well, Brandon, that was great information. We really appreciate you stopping by today. I know this has been an encouragement to our listeners. Thanks so much. Have a great week. All right. That's Brandon Sieben, president and CEO of Compass Finances God's Way. If you want to learn more about financial discipleship, how you can grow personally or learn to teach others, check out their website at compassone.org. That's compass, the number one, dot O-R-G. Back with much more just around the corner. Stay with us. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. What if buying groceries, gas, or dining out could help change lives? With Christian Community Credit Union's Cards That Give to Missions, you can help spread the gospel, combat human trafficking, and protect vulnerable children with every purchase at no cost to you. Apply for your card today. More information is available at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. The Credit Union is an underwriter of this ministry. Membership eligibility required. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. You know, my experience is that our financial journey is one of the key ways God shapes our spiritual journey. You see, as we work out our faith through our daily financial decisions, we have a choice to make. We can pursue God or money. We can see ourselves as pursuing worldly wealth or being entrusted with worldly wealth. There's a completely different approach uh, to one versus the other. When we see ourselves as entrusted with wealth, well, our goal is then faithfulness. We're maintaining an eternal perspective and uh, recognizing our role as stewards, wanting to know the master's heart so we can manage the master's money well. If we're pursuing worldly wealth, that's often accompanied with a hard posture that is reaching for and longing for the things of this world. The question is, can we manage money in such a way that it's evident that God is our true treasure and not our things? We want to help you do that on this program each day. We've got a lot of questions, great questions coming up here with two lines open 
800-525-7000. Let's head back to the phones. Roxanne is in New Mexico. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. I am a live-in caregiver for my elderly mother-in-law. My late father-in-law and her worked their whole lives, built a good amount of wealth. They have a living trust. Everything is paid off, and they are diversified all over the board. It's really hard for me to manage. We do have a financial advisor through Thrivent who is helping us, but my question to you is because my mother now is in late-stage dementia. We don't know how long it's going to be. Her home is paid off. What, if any, benefits are there to a reverse mortgage? Should we liquidate the assets that are diversified and or look into a reverse mortgage for now before the house is sold? Hmm. Yeah. Or dig into the living trust? Yeah. So what is the plan at this point? And, and I'm sorry to hear uh, about your mother-in-law's uh, health status with late-stage dementia. And I've not experienced that firsthand, but I know from so many others how challenging and uh, difficult that is. Um, what is the plan at this point? Is she? Do you anticipate that she's going to go into a nursing home in the near future? No. My husband and I are convicted to keep her home. We are okay. convicted in our hearts that we will, I live with her now. I resigned my job okay. to live with her full time. He manages both our home and then comes here to manage this one as well. Wow. Yeah. Well, God bless you for that. What a blessing you are to her in this season of life. Um, and so why are you looking to repossession assets? So there, is there income needs that are not being met at this point? Well, right now we are pulling from what she had, the IRA and her mutual fund account, just to manage the daily needs, the food, you know, her hygiene products. Sure, sure. Is she receiving Social um, Security as well? Yes. Social Security retirement from my father. Okay. She's fine. I'm just curious if the need comes up, which one should we pull from first? Yeah. So what, what are there in the way of assets? So first of all, you mentioned the home. What is the home worth? 200000 Okay. And is there any mortgage on it? No. Okay. And what does she have in the way of uh, liquid assets? Close to 75000 Okay. Uh, okay, and that seventy-five thousand is in is in what type of account? So that's the IRA plus the trust. Is that right? No, that's her IRA, mutual funds, savings account, checking accounts. They have it all across the board. Okay, and is there has the trust been funded with anything? You mentioned a living trust. Yes, the trust has three homes, two vehicles. And all of the personal property, the wow. jewelry and... Yeah, okay. Uh, and what is the plan with those three homes? To leave them in the trust because it's living for prosperity for the children, the grandchildren coming up. 
So is her plan to transfer the homes themselves to the grandchildren or to liquidate those at death and then distribute the proceeds? They stay in the trust with the honor of the trustee. I see. Okay. So really all you've got available is the potential of converting the primary residence to a, a reverse mortgage because you're saying that the the trust assets are not really countable in terms of being available to be used for her care. Uh, so therefore you you have the 75000 plus the potential for the, the home. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of options. I mean, I think it'd be worthwhile given all the pieces here for you to sit down with an advisor to really look at the whole thing more than we'd be able to do here in a couple of minutes on the radio. But I would say, you know, if you want to, and and this is honoring her wishes to avoid the assets in the trust, um, which it seems like there's quite a bit there, especially if those, some of those homes were liquidated, I'd probably start with the IRA money and, and use that and pull out as little as possible. And then as a second fallback, I could uh, I could get on board with you looking at a reverse mortgage as long as the money's there to pay the taxes and the insurance and the property uh, the property taxes and the homeowners insurance. Uh, but I would use that as a second resort. I'd start with the IRA first, but I'd connect with a certified kingdom advisor and do some more holistic planning on this. Roxana uh, to Washington. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Good afternoon. Thank you. Um, yes, I am a power of attorney for an 89-year-old man, and I oversee his finances and everything. Um, he is in long-term assisted living, and our finances are going to possibly run out before <laughs> before his life. And I'm wondering, are you aware of any programs? I've been trying to research programs or any assistance that I can apply for to help with the cost of his assisted living. Um no, you know, I think the the thing you would typically see happen here is that as the assets are depleted, eventually Medicaid would step in and pay for his care. Of course, he'd have to be in a Medicaid-approved facility, uh, and the facility would be able to help with the apply the application for Medicaid assistance or suggesting another facility that's Medicaid-approved. But beyond that, I wouldn't necessarily have any recommendations for how you could help offset that cost beyond Medicaid. Uh, once his assets are depleted. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did look at Medicaid. It seems like they have to have maybe 2000 or less. And then I, so if I took his cash to that, I wasn't sure how I would pay for his, um, the items he's responsible for. Right. So does he have uh, social security coming in or something like that? He does, and um, we run about a $2,500 a month deficit with even with his retirement pay. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that's going to be difficult because, um, you know, that you're talking about the asset limit, which is 2000 for an individual, 4000 for a couple. There's a separate income limit. Uh, so it would be fine if you spend, if you spend down the assets to that $2,000 level, and then there's income there that can meet his ongoing needs. But obviously, if there's a shortfall there, that would have to come from assets that you'd convert to an income stream. But that's, you know, going going to be above the asset limit and therefore he wouldn't qualify. So I know this can be challenging, Chris. You're doing a wonderful service for him as you serve him in this season of life. And uh, we appreciate your call today. All the best to you. Hey, just after this break, we'll be back with a lot more of your calls and questions. Stay with us. This is Faith and Finance.
We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foreside Fund Services, LLC. Are you struggling to fit your faith into your practice as a Christian financial advisor? The Certified Kingdom Advisor designation teaches you a step-by-step process to confidently deliver advice that aligns with Christian values. Discover the skills you need to help your clients make a kingdom impact. Get started today by enrolling in the CKA educational program at kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. That's kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Let's head to the phones to Holland, Michigan. Hi, Teresa. Go right ahead. Hi. Yeah, I am looking just for some direction or advice. Um, just to answer, for probably the last, I don't know, four or five years, we've been paying in taxes. Um, our kids are grown and they're gone. I work for a nonprofit as an assistant director. My husband works for AT&T. And um, this year we brought a little over 93000 But every year our taxes are going up. And we're just like, what's going on? We had to pay 4000 this year. And we don't understand what's going on. Um, our tax uh, prepper prep was like, you guys maybe should file or file single or claim zero in single. And then, you know, we'll come together and see how that works for you next year. But we've been claiming zero exemptions. Oh gosh. Since six years. Hmm. So I don't know why we're paying so much in taxes. Sure. Did you get a refund this year? No, we haven't gotten a refund in a long years. We, okay. Our taxes that we have to owe, that we pay, are just increasing. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, I mean, the IRS didn't change the federal tax brackets for, uh, you know, they were the same in 22 that they were for 21. So there's not a change in the rate. Uh, I mean, some of what you might be experiencing is uh, because some of the COVID-related tax credits and exemptions have expired, uh, that's caused, you know, folks to have more going out in taxes than they did with the previous year uh, and the year prior to that when some of those COVID tax credits were in place. With those gone, you are going to be paying a bit more, even though, again, the the rates didn't change. Uh, Has your income increased at all? It did increase, yeah. It did. Um, So that could have pushed a portion. Four months. Okay. Well, that could have pushed a portion of it, uh, of your taxable income up into a higher bracket than you were the prior year. You don't, uh, you know, the, it's a progressive tax code in the sense that uh, you pay the various uh, rates uh, based on the, the amount of income that falls into each tax bracket. Um, you, you don't push all of it up once you go over a th- certain threshold, but that portion of your income that perhaps tips over one of the brackets into a higher bracket, um, you know, 
would cause your taxes to increase. So it could be a combination of those two things. As to whether or not it would make sense for you to file individually, that would really be something your CPA would have to calculate to determine whether there's any benefit to you on that. Um, but uh, I think it's probably related to that increase in income combined with um, you know those COVID uh, tax credit expirations. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, wonderful. All right. I'm Thank sorry you. to hear that, Teresa. Yeah, you hang in there. Good <laughs> news is uh, whenever you pay taxes, it's symptomatic of income. So at least we know that uh, God is providing for you, even though I know, uh, you know it's never, it. never fun That's to right. pay taxes. Hey, God bless you. We appreciate your call today. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. We've got some lines open today. We'd love to hear from you with whatever you're thinking about financially. Again, 800-525-7000. Uh, to Spring Hill, Florida. Cassidy, you're next on the program. Go ahead. Just saying, my husband and I, um, he received a small bonus of about 20000 um, We don't have any negative debt right now, so um, there's not really any place that it has to go. So I was just wondering if you knew of anything we could put that to have that turn into more money or like what your professional like opinion or feedback would be on that. Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on that bonus. That's great. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is giving. So one option would be to take that increase and give off of it, whatever the Lord leads. If you were to apply the principle of the tithe, you could give a tenth or $2,000. Beyond that, you, you remember goal um, money, the purpose of money is to accomplish a set of goals, but this next piece is key, goals that are informed by our values and our priorities as believers, as Christ followers. So I would start by you and your husband just kind of taking a step back and saying, Lord, first of all, thank you for this provision. We understand everything we have comes from you, and this is a blessing. Uh, and how might you have us to use this? Uh, you know, where are we going in our you know, lives? Where are you taking us? And how can money as a tool be used to support that? I mean, some ideas that you all could consider as you pray and think through that. Obviously, if you had consumer debt, I would say, you know, let's take care of that. Um, if you didn't have an, a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months expenses, I'd say let's shore that up in a liquid savings account uh, so that that's there for the unexpected. If you don't have that, you know, other than giving, you could say, what are some medium term goals that we have? Um, you know, do we want to replace a car down the road and do that with cash? Do we need to be saving for college or if we have kids for weddings? Um, you know, is there some other goal we have or do we want to put it toward the long term and invest it? And defining that time horizon is really key, Cassidy, to determine whether or not you would keep that ultimately safe in a high yield savings account like an online bank with FDIC insurance or you would invest it. As long as you have more than five years, you could put it into some good high-quality mutual funds. So you and your husband pray through that, decide what the best next step is, and then take it from there. Back to the phones quickly between now and the end of the program. We'll head to Orlando. Ryan, go ahead. Yes, hello. Um, I'm 18. I'm a college student, and uh, I've been following God for a while now in tithing, and he's been able to bless me financially. And I have some money saved up from that and uh, previous jobs. So I've just been curious, like, what do you think I should do to uh, grow financially and be financially stable by the time uh, I'm older? Yeah. Do you have earned income, Ryan? Oh, yes, I do. I've had a a job in the past, but I'm just focusing on school right now. 
Yeah, good. So I would set aside that portion, which you think you're going to need in the next couple of years in, in a high-yield savings account, probably at Marcus or Capital One 360, get some interest. The balance I'd use to start funding a Roth IRA. And you could open that at Schwab and use their intelligent portfolios, or you could open it at Schwab and use some mutual funds from soundmindinvesting.org. Our friends there could help you with some good, high-quality funds. Uh, love that you're already thinking about saving and investing, Ryan. Stay on the line. We'll get your information. I want to send you a book called The Sound Mind Investing Handbook that I think will be an encouragement to you. Uh, to Wesley Chapel, Florida, Jessica, I have just a few seconds left. I understand you have some credit card debt and you're looking to pay it off, right? Yes, sir. I've already been paying some extra every single paycheck, um, but it just seems as what I have, I owe is going to take a long time doing it the way I'm doing it. Yeah, I get that. So here's what I would do. I would visit with my friends at christiancreditcounselors.org. Uh, they're not going to repay the debt with new debt. They're going to leave it right where it is. But through credit counseling, you can get the interest rates down. You'll make one level monthly payment through them to your existing creditors. But you'll be able to pay it off 80% faster on average because of the fixed the level monthly payment and the lower interest rates. That's key. Sound, it's not sound mind investing. ChristianCreditCounselors.org is the place to go. ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Jessica, thanks for calling today. That's going to do it for us today, folks. I hope you'll make plans to join us again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.